0: Hello, uh, how Hello. are you? I'm awesome, I'm so happy to be here. Well,
1: we're happy you are. What's your name?
0: My name's Jane. When I sing, I go by Nightbird. Aw, that's nice.
1: Nightbird? That's right. And the dream is to be a singer. What are you going to be singing for us tonight?
0: I'm singing an original song called It's Okay.
1: It's Okay? Yeah. It is. It's Okay. It's Okay. It's okay. What is It's Okay about?
0: Uh, it's Okay is the story of the last year of my life.
1: What do you do for a living?
0: Um, I have not been working for quite a few years. I've been dealing with cancer.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh. (laughs) No, it's okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm okay.
1: All right.
2: Can I I ask you a question? How are you now?
0: Uh, last time I checked, I had some cancer in my lungs, my spine, and my liver.
1: Wow. So you're not okay?
0: Uh, Well, not in every way, no
1: you got a beautiful smile and a beautiful glow, and nobody would know.
0: Thank you. It's important that uh, everyone knows I'm so much more than the bad things that happen to me.
1: Yes. All right. Sing for us. Good luck. Nightbird.
2: the summertime. I changed my name thinking that it would change my mind. I thought that all my problems, they would stay behind. I was a stick of dynamite and it just wasn't absolutely stunning and I I totally agree with what Howie said you know about authenticity there was something about that song after the way you just almost casually told us what you've going through and uh, you know
0: you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy there are however there have been some great singers this year
2: Um, and
0: I'm not gonna give you a yes. I'm gonna give you something else.
1: So if you watch AGT like I do, you might remember Jane from last season. And I remember, like I, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that video this, this week in preparation and I still get choked up every time I see it. And one of the reasons why I get choked up is the, the question that in some sense reverber, reverberates in my mind is how can something so beautiful come out of someone experiencing such darkness? And I think that's, I, I think that's what gets us. I think that's probably why we're so emotional when we watch something like that, is that we, we hear what this woman is experiencing, what she's going through. She is standing up on stage with cancer, yet emanating from her life is such beauty and splendor. We get drawn into it, and we actually kind of think to ourselves, I want my life to, to be like that. When I go through a dark night, I, I want my life to emanate beauty and splendor. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Because I know, I know in a room of this size and the amount of people we have engaging with us online, you are going through a dark night and you're like, well, I'm not going through a dark night. Just wait. <laughs> dark nights are part of... Life. So I, I, I don't know where where you are this morning. Maybe you're going through a difficult, messy. Divorce, Maybe you're going through a financially difficult time. You don't have enough money at the end of the month. Maybe you just got news that your cancer returned. Uh, maybe your dark night has been spurred on by another dark night of someone that you loved and it has strained your relationship. Uh, maybe you're suffering from some kind of burnout in your life and it's left you in a dark place emotionally and mentally. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you don't know who you are and this has led to dark feelings of discouragement and depression maybe you're just going through a rough patch in life Uh, maybe you've lost someone that you love and it hurts and you are in a dark night i love what thomas moore a psychotherapist and former catholic monk i like what he notes in his book dark nights of the soul he writes the dark night calls for a spiritual response not only a therapeutic one Like, I love that, and I would completely agree with more on this is that, yes, you, you might be in a dark night or you might eventually hit a dark night where you, you need a therapeutic response. You need to talk to a therapist. You need to talk to a counselor and you need to wrestle some with some things and you need to process. You need someone to help you process that. But it calls for a spiritual response too. And what you saw from Jane, what you saw from Nightbird, is her spiritual response. When her dark night came upon her, she had to get alone with herself and she had to pin a song that would help her process her dark night. And that's actually what we will see in Acts 16 this morning. So if you have your Bible, uh, you can go ahead and turn with me to Acts 16 or turn on your device to Acts 16 because we're going to look at what should be the Christian response to a dark night. What's our spiritual response when we hit a dark night? Because again, we're in this series transitions and so a dark night is all about a change that has happened in your life that has brought hurt and heartache and pain and suffering in your life. And so there's been this change. That dark night is a change. But how do we as a Christian, how do we process that dark night? How do we process that dark change that has happened to us? What is our spiritual response? Well, so here's our main point. So if you're ready for the main point, tell your neighbor you're ready. Or, or ask your neighbor, are you ready? Are you ready? All right, here it is. Joan, did you do it? I'm just joking. That's my wife. She she comes over here at 11 a.m. I just got to make sure she tells my my mom, who's also here. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Processing dark nights calls for songs of great light. Like, that's how we're going to process as a believer, as someone who follows Jesus, when we experience our dark night. The way we're going to process it is we're going to find a song of a great light. And so that's what we see in Acts 16. So will you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word? Well will start in verse 22, but let me catch you up on the context. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, he is in the city of Philippi, and he's on mission. He's ministering in the city of Philippi, and he's already seen a lady by the name of Lydia come to faith in Jesus, so we have some converts there, and then he has freed a slave girl from demon possession. This slave girl had been following Paul and Silas and his team over the course of a couple of days, and everywhere they went, she would say, hey, these guys, these are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you the way. Day of salvation, but everywhere they went. And so it's kind of like whenever I'm, you, you know, meeting somebody for the first time and they're like, hey, what do you do? And if I say I'm a pastor, that might turn the conversation off right then and there because, like, we don't talk to no pastor. I mean, and, and so this is kind of what was agitating Paul because it was actually hindering ministry. So a couple of days go by and he just got fed up with this. He's like, the, he had this Popeye moment where he had all he can stand and he can stand no more. He turns around to the little girl and he casts the demon out. Now, the problem with that was is that that demon possessed girl was bringing a lot of money into her owners because she was able to do some fortune telling. So now that she doesn't have this demon possessing her, giving her the ability to tell the future, they have lost their moneymaker and they're not happy. And so they take Paul and Silas, they drag them before the city officials and that's where we'll pick up in verse 22. So the crowd now joins in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates order them to be stripped and beaten with rods. How would you like that? You're serving the Lord, you're doing great work, you're seeing people come to know Jesus, you just freed this slave girl, she's smiling, she's got joy now in her life but now you find yourself arrested and beat and people are attacking you. Man, all you wanna do is, Do some good. You just want to bring flourishing to the city. But that's not Paul and Silas, what they're experiencing. Verse 23, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. There's the dark night. They've been beaten, they've been flogged, they've now been thrown into prison. And not only have they been thrown into prison, but they have been fastened. Their bodies have been shackled and fastened in a position that was uncomfortable. Dark night. But look at verse 25. About midnight, everybody say midnight. See, I don't know what you're doing when you are facing a dark night about midnight. But here's what I do know when we go through dark nights. It's hard for us to sleep. And so our mind is racing around midnight because we can't fall asleep and our mind is dwelling on our dark night. But about midnight, I want you to take, I want you to look at what Paul and Silas, what they're doing at around midnight. They were what? Praying. And not only were they praying, but they were singing what? and who they were singing the hymns to, God. They were praying to God, they were singing hymns to God in their dark night, about midnight. That's what they're doing. That's their spiritual response. Suddenly, oh, I love this, suddenly. And where we see that word suddenly before is actually in Acts chapter two, and suddenly something happened, and who fell in Acts chapter two? The spirit of the living God fell. Let me tell you something, when we pray and praise in our dark night, we invite the Holy Spirit to fall and to shake the place where we are at. And that's what happens, verse 26. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all of the prison doors flew open, and everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone's chains came loose. Even those who were not praying and praising, their chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Here's what he knew. If prisoners did escape under his watch, he was a dead man, which is why he's about to commit suicide. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all what? We, yeah, the prison door is open, but we haven't fled. We're here, bro. Don't kill yourself. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And look at what the jailer asked. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be? Save. They must have been singing some gospel hymns. So they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed them and their wounds. And immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them, was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. And that took place because of how Paul and Silas responded in their dark night. Let's pray. I pray that our dark nights, Father, that you would, you would speak to us. You would unleash the spirit of God this morning so that we can process any dark night that we would go through in a way that would bring you glory and others good even when it hurts in our own life. So I pray, Spirit, will, will you move? Jesus, will you speak? Will we be transformed more into your image? For it's in your name we pray, our King, amen. You may be seated. All right, so I am going to answer three questions this morning as we process dark nights and how they call for songs of great light. Question number one, why are there dark nights? I think that's a good question to begin with, Right? Because we know that we all experience dark nights, but let's start with that question. Why are there dark nights? So I'm glad that you asked that question this morning. To answer that, you've got to go all the way back to the book of Genesis and specifically chapter three, because in chapter three, it's where Adam and Eve sin against God. God put them in the garden, gave them this beautiful garden, told them to tend it and keep it. And he told them that you can have free reign in this garden, eat from any tree that you want except this one tree well as most of you know the story adam and eve they chose to disobey god eve went first and boneheaded adam he followed suit and they ate from the tree that god told them not to and therefore sin entered the world now what we see in genesis 3 after their sin are the consequences of their sin the first consequence was a severing of relationship between humanity and god i want you to think about it, though the, the severance of relationship or the severing of a relationship between humanity and God. God is light. God is love. And so when humanity is call, cut off from God, they are cut off from love. They are cut off from light. And, and the reason why there are dark nights is because we have been cut off from light because of our sin, not only that, there would be this cosmic conflict and war that, would, that we would be caught up in between Satan and God. And I want you to understand this. Here's what the Bible teaches specifically in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the mind of unbelievers to prevent them from seeing the light of the glory of King Jesus. So not only has our sin severed us from the light, severed us from God, but now Satan is at work making sure that we are kept in the dark. And that That's a consequence of sin. And then we see that there would be this experience of pain and suffering. So women, the reason why you want an epidural when you have a baby is because of sin. Thank you, even Adam. And then when it comes to work and experiencing thorns and thistles. So in our Careers in our vocations at work, if we experience thorn and thistles, if we experience pain, or whether it's in our careers or finance, it is a result of the fall. And then also there would be this relational conflict between man and woman, husband and wife. So the most foundational relationship of society in the world, marriage, there will be relational strife and conflict. There will be pain, there would be dark nights because of sin. And if they exist in a marriage, guess where else they will manifest themselves in every other relationship on planet Earth. So dark nights are rooted in the fall. The fall unraveled God's order, God's beauty and God's design. And by rejecting the light, mankind brought about on themselves darkness. Now. I want to say something else about this. I want to break down the fall even further as it relates to our dark nights, because there are at least three other subcategories that we can see of where our dark nights come from. Uh, So you could say that these are three specific causes of dark nights that's rooted in the fall. Uh, The first cause is this, our own sin. So maybe because of your sinful actions, you've experienced a rift in relationship. When you, you know, when, when you said some things that you shouldn't have said because you were angry or you were hurt and it caused a rift in your relationship, that, that's because of your sinful action. Because of maybe your laziness or a poor work ethic, you experienced determination. Well, it was, no, it was, no, it was your fault. You had a poor work ethic, you were lazy, and your butt got fired. So just own it. You were sinful. Maybe because of your failure in parenting, you experienced an estrangement from a child. Maybe because of habitual sin, you experienced a loss of joy and you walk around in darkness and depression. Maybe because of sin, you broke the law and you experienced a punishment that has brought about a dark night in your life. Those are all examples of how our own sin can lead to a dark night. But a second cause is this, just living in a fallen world. Just living in a fallen world. So that sickness, that disease, you didn't do anything. There There was no sin in your life that caused that. So that sickness, that disease, it's just the effects of living in a fallen world. That tragedy... That tragedy that that claimed the life of maybe a child, that tragedy that claimed maybe your parents' life, like, like they didn't do anything to warrant, they they didn't have any sinful behavior that warrant that tragedy in their life. That tragedy is just the effects of living in a fallen world, that financial loss because of the market crash. Like you, you didn't do anything Sinfully to bring upon the financial ruin that you experience from the market crash. Those are just the effects of living in a fallen world. Maybe the loss of your home due to a natural disaster. Maybe a hurricane. I don't know. I hear those things happen quite frequently these days, you know, between June and uh, whenever, November. <laughs> but, but maybe it took your home. And you're like, well, what did I do? You didn't do anything. It's just the effects of living in a fallen world. Death of a loved one, again, effects of living in a fallen world. But the third cause is this, someone else's sin. So your, your sin can cause a dark night. Just living in a fallen world can cause a dark night. But someone else's sin can cause a dark night. Like, so in Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they experienced a dark night because of someone else's sin. The business people, uh, they, they were hurt, they were mad, they were upset, they were angry. They took their anger out on Paul and Silas. Uh, They had financial ruin, so they're experiencing a dark night. And so what they're doing is that they're lashing out and their sinful actions are now bringing upon a dark night for Paul and Silas. So, so maybe I have some people out here sitting here, or maybe engaging online. You are a survivor of violence or abuse that was sin that was done to you. Maybe you are a survivor of racism. Maybe you are a survivor of injustice or fraud. Uh, Maybe your spouse's infidelity has brought about a dark night in your life, or maybe you are collateral damage of someone else's addiction. So, again, I I don't know, but those are three causes: your sin, living in a fallen world, or someone else's sin that brings about dark nights in our life so that's the why everybody say why i just told you why that's it now the, the second question the second question i want to answer is this how do we respond to and overcome dark nights so how do we respond to and overcome dark nights Now, before we see how Paul and Silas respond and overcome their dark night, I want to give us some typical, basically reactions of how people typically react to dark nights. Well, the the first, the first reaction or our response is we can why them so we can why them. So that's just, you're just drowning yourself in the question of why. Why did this happen? Why am I going through this? Why did, why did she do that? Why did he do that? Like, why did this happen in the world? And, and, and so you're really trying to wrestle with the question of why your dark night. But you're like this five-year-old. Why, 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 why? And, and I, here's the thing. I just told you why, but I understand. I understand. That might not be enough for some people. They want to know specifically, why am I going through this? And here, let me just, let me share. You might not ever know why. You might not ever get the answer that you are looking for as to why you're encountering that dark night. So just live in the why that I just shared about. But you can why them to death, but you may never really figure out the reasoning as to why that happened or is happening to you. The the second reaction or or response is that we can blame shift. So as you've wied it to death and you have not found any answer, guess what then people typically begin to do? They begin to scan their life to see who they can blame for their dark night. Who can I blame for this oh it 's my spouse 's fault i 'm telling you I just got to get away from him and so so you'll start so you start blaming people or you 'll blame something, or this is where people like to blame god and what what typically happens is that you walk through a progression when you 're blaming God is that you 'll start out blaming him and you 'll start even questioning his existence God because this happened I mean I kind of blame you, but here 's the thing i I think that, that you don't even exist because if you exist, you wouldn't have let this happen. And so you'll even start questioning God's existence. And then you might even move into the blame shift and you might start questioning his goodness. You're like, well, you know what? I, 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 I think you do exist, but I'm, I'm, I'm blaming you and therefore I'm questioning your goodness. I just don't think you're good. I don't think you're as good as what people tell you. I heard the preacher say that you're good, you were good, but no, no, I, I don't think so. And they might even move to questioning his power. God. Listen, I, I think you are good, you are loving, because I, 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 I see that in Scripture, but maybe you're not omnipotent, maybe you're not all-powerful, because if you were all-powerful, I think you would have stopped this. And so you're looking for someone to blame, and you even walk through that progression when you're trying to blame God for your dark night. The third, the third response or reaction is we can become dark ourselves. We can embody the dark night that we are experiencing. In other words, we can reflect the darkness. Now, in movies, this is depicted many times in how characters process the bad and dark nights that happen to them. Now, I'm not not trying to spoil this movie for you if you have not seen it. But the most recent Doctor Strange movie, we actually see this. So I think it's called the, you know, Doctor Strange a Metaverse of Madness something like that. But But Dr. Strange realizes that Wanda, who was once an Avenger, she's to to blame for all of the attacks on the metaverse and the various realities out there in the metaverse. And the reason why she's attacking these metaverses is because she's really after this girl named America who has the superpower to transport to different realities. Now, why would Wanda want to transport from one reality or one multiverse to another verse out there, another reality is because in her current reality she has lost her children and she has this huge hurt huge heartache, a lot of pain a lot of suffering because she's lost her two kids but she knows that in another reality she has kids and so what she wants is that she wants to kill America so that she can have those superpowers so that she can jump to the other reality so that she can be with her kids well so Dr. Strange realizes she's the one embodying the darkness so she has this dark night of loss and now she is embodying that darkness and she's hurting all these other people and avenger turned dark because of her own darkness this actually happened with the philippian jailer in this passage his dark night was thinking that all the prisoners had escaped And when he thought they all escaped, what did he want to do? He wanted to kill himself. So he is taking on that dark night, he's embodying that dark night, and he's wanting to commit suicide. So that's the response or reaction that people have when they face and encounter a dark night. But I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said. Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. If you process darkness, come in for this, church. Come in. If you process darkness with darkness, you only get darkness. So if you why it to death, if you try to find someone to blame, and if you embody the darkness, all you're going to get is more darkness. Light does not come by way of darkness colliding. That's not how it is produced. And all of the above responses what you basically have is an element of freaking out. So questioning, blaming, becoming dark yourself, it reveals this inner crisis of, of freaking out. Listen to the statement. When you freak out or when I freak out in dark nights, it reveals we don't have faith in a greater light. See, see, if you find yourself freaking out when you experience a dark night, what it just shows you that you have, you have nothing. You have not anchored your soul. You have not anchored your heart. You have not anchored your life to a greater light because you're just freaking out. And that's what happens when people freak out. It just reveals that they have no greater light in their dark night. So you probably thinking, well, Josh, what's, what's the way we're supposed to respond to dark nights? Well, I'm glad that you asked because I'm gonna tell you. Here it is. We can hope them. And I'm using the word hope as a verb. We can hope them. That's what I want us to think about when we experience a dark night. We can hope the mess out of our dark night. So what does that mean? Well, look in verse 24 and 25. So when the jailer received the orders, he put Paul and Silas and his team in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So there's their dark night. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, I'm going to get to the praying and the singing here in a second. But, but I think it's important that we understand that the praying and the singing, it emanated from their perspective. So if you're going to hope the mess out of your dark night, you better have the proper perspective. Well, what kind of perspective did Paul and Silas have When they were going through their dark night, well, again, we we don't know, but I can make a sanctified imagination guess. And here's my sanctified imagination guess. I think Paul, he and Silas, they were talking about maybe what Paul would write in romans eight twenty eight in all things even in my dark nights god is working for my good and his glory so so silas man hey i i i know it feels a little strange i know it's uncomfortable i know it's dark right here but god's doing something he's working for our good maybe he's thinking about genesis 50 and the story of joseph how joseph he went through one dark night after another. And at the end of Genesis, we see where he tells his brothers, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, for the salvation of many people. And so I think maybe Paul and Silas, they're having a little Bible study. Hey, you remember what happened to old Joseph? Hey, what he said, what they meant for evil. Hey, you know what these businessmen, what these with these magistrates, what they meant for evil. Oh, God's going to work for good. Let's just pay attention. Let's just be patient. God's working for our good. Maybe he's saying something like that. Maybe. Maybe they're quoting Psalm 30, verse 5. Hey, Silas, weeping. Weeping may last for the night, but joy's coming in the morning. Hey, Silas, I, I know we want to cry. I know it hurts. I know you're in pain. Oh, but weeping may just last for a night, but joy, joy's coming in the morning. Silas, just, hey, hang in there. Maybe it's Job 19 where Job exclaims when he had lost everything, my redeemer, he lives after my skin has been destroyed yet in my flesh, I will see God. Hey, hey, Silas, hey, Silas, they're trying to destroy us. They're trying to stop us. They, they might even kill us. But hey, hey let, let, let's, let's just remember, my redeemer lives. And if my, if my skin and flesh is destroyed, hey, my hope is in my redeemer who lives and I'll see him, I'll see him. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he's thinking about what he's going to pin to the Corinthians. This light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. Hey, Silas, hey, hey, this is just temporary. And it pales in comparison to the splendor and the glory of the new heavens and new earth. So it's just light, it's momentary. Let's hang in there, Silas, let's hang in there. Or maybe they're thinking about what their king, King Jesus said in John 16. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, Take heart, I have overcome the world. So what I think is happening is that they are speaking scripture and perspective into their life in their dark night. See, you gotta have the proper perspective before any prayer and praise can come out of your mouth. And so their perspective led to their posture and their posture was one of prayer. Well, what were they praying, Pastor Josh? I don't know. (laughs) But let me take a guess at that one, too. Maybe they were praying things like, Lord... Your kingdom come, your will be done in this jail cell as it is in heaven. Forgive these businessmen and these magistrates for they know what they're doing. Give us boldness to proclaim your name as we find ourselves in chains. May we be salt and light in the midst of decay and darkness. Use our pain, Lord, for someone else's provision. Use our physical change for someone's spiritual freedom. Fill us with power to stay the course that we might reflect the glory of our King. Maybe they were praying some things like that, but again, we don't know. But here's what, here's what I do see as we progress from perspective to posture to praise. Hope comes out in praise. Hope comes out in praise. And that's what we see. And they were singing hymns to God. Well, what, what hymns were they singing? I don't know. But maybe they were singing something like When peace, like a river, attendeth our way. When sorrows, like sea billows, roll. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Maybe they were singing that. Here's what I do know as I look back on some pretty dark nights that I've experienced as an adult. I know that there have been a few songs that have sustained me, that have encouraged me in my dark night. And let me give you some of those, actually all three of them real quick. The one song, Though You Slay Me by Shane and Shane. The words say, I come, God, I come. I return to the Lord, the one who's broken, the one who's torn me apart. You struck me down to bind me up. You say you do it all in love that I might know you in your suffering. That was huge for me. Because I'm like, God, why am I going through this? Why is so much pain? Why is there so much suffering? All I want to do is serve you. All I want to do is love the church. Why am I going through this? And that I might know you in your suffering. How in the world would I know God in my suffering? Is because my God, the one I worship, suffered. He knows. And then... The, Then he goes, though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I'll bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship, sing a song to the one who's all I need. Though you slay me, though you ruin me, if I don't do ministry another day in my life, if I've lost everything, if I am ruined, I'll still praise you. Why? Because you are the only one I need that sustained me. And then another song, even when it hurts, I'll praise you. It's by Hill song. Take this fainted heart. Take these tainted hands. Wash me in your love. Come like grace again. love Even when my strength is lost, I'll praise you. I love this next one. Even when I have no song, I'll praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words louder, still I'll sing your praise. I will only sing your praise. And then there's another line in there that says that even when it hurts like hell, I'll praise you. Listen, we know this, is that when you experience a dark night, it hurts like hell. And that's one of the things that I love about this this song is even when it hurts like hell, I'll still praise you. I'll praise you. And then there was a time when I was struggling with my identity because I had anchored my identity in what I did, not who I was doing it for. And, and so, therefore, I had this crisis of identity because I thought I was a failure based upon anchoring my identity to what I did. And this song, Come As You Are by David Crowder, come out of sadness from wherever you've been, come broken hearted, let rescue begin Come find your mercy. Oh, sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens. Lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, wanderer, come home. You're not too far. So lay down your hurt. Lay down your heart. Come as you are. Strip me so that I could just come and offer who I was to my king. Let me ask you, what's your song that gets you through a dark night? I want you to take a look at this video from other Northlanders who share about what their song is that gets them through dark nights. The
0: song that got me through the darkest night for me would be I Lived by One Republic. Keep Making Me by Sidewalk Prophets. Tell My Heart to Beat Again by Danny Gokey.
2: The song that got me through my darkest night is Who Am I? A song that comforted me in a hard time was Another in the Fire.
0: A song that got me through a hard time was You'll Be in My Heart from Tarzan.
2: It is well with my soul.
0: Blessed assurance.
1: Reckless love from God. A song that got me through a dark time is called Cry In My Heart by a band
0: called Starfield. Sperm Foundation.
1: The go-to hymn that I turn to
0: in dark times is How Great Thou Art. Carolina in my mind.
2: It is well with my soul. In Christ alone. Another song is my mother taught me to go through difficult times is a mighty fortress is our God.
1: One of the songs that have gotten me through one of the darkest nights of my life is Heart of Worship. church, you you can have a seat because what you just did was recreate what possibly could have happened at midnight in a Philippian jail. Could you imagine you're sitting there? It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise. We pour out a be quiet because again, they're they're with other people and, and they're not singing the same song. So it's your breath and then how great are you, Lord, all creation. Like, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, they're they're singing it in a prison where there are no other believers, it's just them. It was foreign because what do the other prisoners do? They're probably saying, why are we in here? We didn't do anything. <laughs> No, it was his fault. Or and if my parents would have just raised me right, we wouldn't be here. And they're like, like blaming. And, and, and then they're taking on the darkness. They're cursing the guards. You scumbag. Come back here. Let me out. I mean, so that, that's what they're doing. Oh, but not Paul and Silas. Oh, no, 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 no. They're, they're singing. They're singing, making melody in their hearts that's coming out of their mouth. And it's foreign. It's foreign to the other prisoners. Let me ask you this. Do you have a song? Do you have a song that you sing in a dark night? Josh, what happens when we sing a song of great light in our dark night? Well, let's just see real quick. We see at the end of verse 25, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So I I, I think it caught on and they're like, let's listen to what they're singing. The world is listening to how the church responds in their dark nights. Hey, let's go back to Jane. Let's go back to Jane and let's listen to her.
2: When you wrote, it's okay, did you have any idea it would have that big an impact on the world?
0: There's no way I would have ever imagined that. Um, it's a song I wrote for myself in the middle of the night when I needed those words so bad. And it's, um, it's beautiful to see uh, the world welcome that song into their own dark night. And uh, I, I'm overwhelmed by it.
1: Over 200 million people listened to her song between the time she sang it and when she did that interview for the live show now she has since passed away but her song that she wrote in her dark night hundreds of millions of people have heard it hey church here's something you got to come in for this one of the things that we will have to recover in the 21st century that I think we lost in the 20th century is the theology of suffering you see The church has the only theology in the world that tells people we can suffer well when we enter and go through a dark night. We're the only ones. And the reason why we can suffer well is because the God we worship, he suffered. He suffered and it was in his pain we find our provision it was in his hurt and his heartache that we find our healing it was in his suffering God was saving the world and so and that's the reason why we can enter into any dark night with a song of great light that points to the greater light and the world will look and go what are they singing because it makes no sense to me So people were listening church but then oh this this is good suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaking at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose you got to come in for this too church I really like the prison doors opening were not for Paul and Silas let me say it again prison doors opening they were not for paul and silas you know why you know why church you know why the prison doors opening were not for paul and silas because they were already free they're already free see if the son has set you free you are free indeed it wasn't that they were enslaved it wasn't that they were in because you can't chain the gospel no, 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 no. So the prison doors opening, they were for the release to set other captives free. That is the reason why. That if you go through cancer, it's the reason why you go through sickness, the reason why you go through financial ruin, and you still have a song of great light. people are looking to you going, well, how in the world? And in your pain, it might be their provision. Your suffering might lead to their salvation. So the prison doors were opening. So people listen. People's chains are gone. And then the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. See, that's the reason why the prison doors opening, they, they didn't hightail it out of there. No, no, they knew God was doing something in the prison in their dark night. And so the jailer called for lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out. And this is the very first thing that the Philippian jailer asked. Sirs, what must I do to be? They must have been singing some, I mean, I'm talking about theology. They must've been singing about their salvation. They must've been singing about joy. They must've been singing about new creation. They must've, I, I, the very first thing that this Philippian jailer had, he has, he has no Bible training. He doesn't know the Bible. All he has heard is what they've been singing. But sirs, what must I do to be saved? And that Philippian jailer that night, in the wee hours of the morning, was transformed by the gospel. See, God transforms people even in our darkest night. Church, I don't know where you're at. I really don't. I mean, I'm I'm emotional because I know in a room of this size, people engaging us online, you're hurting. I want you to know you have a Savior that identifies with you and he's doing something. And so the best way to process our dark nights is to sing a song of great light. Will you pray with me? Father, we just... You are all we need, but there are times in our life where sometimes it just seems so foreign to us. So I do pray that we would anchor our hearts and our lives to that. Jesus, I do pray that you would be the light in my brother and sister's dark night. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, we're about to sing one last song that it will end our, our corporate gathering this morning. And I think the song is fitting because it's I speak the name of Jesus. Jesus is light. He's the light of the world. So we speak Jesus. We speak the light of the world into our dark nights. But another thing that we're going to do while we sing, we will have people all over the sanctuary here up in the front and in the back and they will be serving communion. So not only will we be singing, I speak Jesus, we will be observing the Lord's Supper or communion and we will be remembering Jesus, his body that was broken, his blood that was shed, his body that was broken to bring healing to us, his blood that was shed to cleanse us from our sin. So we're going to sing and partake in communion as we speak light into our life. So when I say amen, we're going to all stand. We're going to sing. If you need assistance and you need someone to bring you communion, you can just lift up your hand where you sit, and an usher will come and bring you the communion elements. Father, have your way, speak to us, transform us even in this moment. May we leave different than when we came here this morning. For it's in your name we pray, amen.